0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number two thousand one hundred and sixty-six. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello inspiring automotive enthusiasts and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm well I'm back in Roselle, Illinois with a very special returning a guest by the name of John Sacamino. John, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Yes, I am, Mark. Let's go.
0: We're going to have some fun. Now, our longtime listeners here on Cars yeah will think back to July of 2017. My, how things have changed since then. Oh, my gosh. Uh, John was guest number 822. Today, he's 2,166. And one thing I didn't ask you last time you were on the show was, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, John? Well, back then, I would have only been a... Uh I've only
1: been a college graduate for ten years. Although I was fifty, oh, geez, I just uh, just about to turn sixty years old. So I uh, I guess I'm a lifelong
0: learner. But- <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, the yeah. thing I love about you, and we're going to talk about this, is the fact that you switched careers, uh, I'll say later in life, and uh, took off on a venture that is now 10 years old uh, to go do what you really love to do. Combine your passion with your avocation and your vocation together, I guess I should say. One of the funny things you said back then was, uh, be careful because if you do this uh you'll see your checkbook kind of get diminished pretty quickly but you've lasted 10 years so congratulations
1: Thank you thank you it's uh it's been an interesting 10 years obviously it taught me a lot and some days i i think holy cow we're we're still here i know, you know and we're <laughs> and we're, three th- we're three times bigger than when we started so wow. I, I have to Give my, give my guys a lot of credit for that. But, yeah, so, it, you know, we're not only creeping along, but we were actually able to expand fairly substantially.
0: Well, I'm really proud of what you've done, and we're going to talk about that, but let me give you an introduction here. John Sacamino is the owner of Sport & Specialty. They're a premium sports car restoration business just north of Chicago. He's been a lifelong car enthusiast and sports car racing fan. After a 30-year career in sales and marketing management in the retail technology space, he made a very bold move like on the racetrack, which is another place he likes to play. And in 2012, he bought Sport and Specialty. This year marks his 10th anniversary, as I noted, and his hard work has brought him awards of excellence in both concourse shows as well as specific marks, including Austin Healy and Jaguar, just to name a few. In his off time, he's a vintage racer and a driving instructor, campaigning his 1969 Alpha GTV and a 1972 BMW 2002 around the Midwest. John loves to judge a variety of mixed special Mark Concours events as well. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our valued sponsor. So give them a little love, and we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from Fit custom view shield and their newest five layer all climate cover three layer moderate climate cover and a five layer indoor option you have all sorts of ways to protect your car all of these are custom tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople it's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965 surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles it's what i do Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-2-1, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for classic car insurance. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowners insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with insurance and and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866 ACI. Yeah, that's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains, here at Cars. Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. I've teamed up with Auto Geek because. Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from Auto Geek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants this wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today along with their very skilled technical support autogeek.net that's where i go for all my detailing needs that's autogeek.net So John, we're back. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, journey you've been on for the last 10 years because they say a lot of new businesses don't make the three-year mark and then they hit the seven-year itch and things really kind of go off the rails and into the guardrails. I guess we could do a, a reference here to racing since that's something you like to do. But you've done a tremendous job. You've got a great group of people. You've expanded. I follow you on Facebook. You're always posting incredible cars you're working on. So kind of walk us through these 10 years and we'll talk a little bit about how you think you've managed to keep this thing going make it successful help it grow employ people as I said before I'm really proud of what you've done because this is no easy feat so let's talk about sport and specialty
1: well I mean for those for those of our listeners who haven't don't, don't know or don't follow me um, you know for the, generally speaking, we focus on, you know, mainly on service and restoration of 50s, 60s, and 70s era sports cars. You know, I found sticking to the knitting, as they used to say, um, and focusing on what you really like and what you're good at is a good way to grow the business. So, you know, over time, you know, we went from being mostly an Austin Healy house to an Austin Healy and Jaguar house. Now we're kind of like an Austin Healy, Jaguar, and Alfa Romeo house. And in the meantime, you know, I brought in some talent and, and some people and, well, we're doing some Porsche work. So I think, <laughs> I think it helps to keep your guys from getting, uh, your guys from getting too, uh, too stale. You know, your, your team, your staff, your employees really like new stuff. We have a 51 uh, Mercury in right now that we're, Ooh. we're restoring and rebuilding. Yeah. So, you know, the guys are like, cool. <laughs> we don't, we, we have to push it around by hand because it's too big for the shop half the time, but <laughs> it's like having a, it's like having a whale in there we move it around, and, and we're waiting for a chassis to be built for it. And it's a full restoration. We we did a, we did a Healy for the owner, and he, he liked the work we did enough where he said, do you guys want to take this car? And Ryan, who's our fabrication guy, said, Yep, we like that. Nice. So here we
0: are. Well, you, you dropped a couple of golden nuggets there for success. And one is hire the best people you can, surround yourself with talent, and then let them go to work. And your comments just there were a great example. One of your lead fabricators said, yeah, let's do it versus you saying, well, that's not what we do. And that expands your horizons. And as you said, it keeps it fresh for your employees. But as you're building and growing this business, what are a couple other things that when you look back over the last 10 years that you did did that at the time were a little bit of a deviation but you now see ah this is why we're successful this is why we're still here well
1: one of the rules i made for myself when i got in the business was i didn't want to carry any debt so Mm, smart i'm the bank i'm yeah i'm the bank and uh my customers, I don't take, I don't take, um, I'm really stingy. So <laughs> I think I pay my guys okay. I didn't want to go to the bank for any money. I didn't want to have, you know, 150,000 bucks hanging over my head, you know, and, and we, we don't cut deals. You know what I mean? It's like, if we don't get desperate because. I've seen guys do things like, you know, we'll take this job in at $65 an hour and you go, well, I lose money at 65 Oh, that's okay. You know, you don't make that up in volume, folks. That's, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So I, you know, I think my team understands, you know, that I, I focus on this as a business and, and that we, we all look at it that way. They know I'm always looking, you know, to make sure they're busy, not, not looking over their shoulder, but you know, hey, are you going to get this done? How are we doing it? And it is very much a teamwork thing. You know where we could have hired a couple other people in the past. I said no and waited for the better people, or at least I thought people that would um, add to the team. Because we've got a really good staff. Our average age, in this in, in the restoration business, our average age is forty-three years old. Whoa. Okay. So you know, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm certainly not discriminating against anyone over sixty, <laughs> but. You know, you can't you can't keep hiring people who are about to retire. I know a lot of guys are are kind of struggling with that with that you know uh, model, and it's right. tough. So my guys are my team is really kind of the uh, linchpin of our success.
0: Well, of course. I mean, that's, I've heard that over and over from so many guests, especially restoration shops. And that's, you brought up one of the points that has been a worry for a while with this industry is, are there going to be, or are there the young people coming up through the trades that want to do this kind of work? What's your, been your experience? Because you say your staff is on the, I'll say the older side, in the 40s, because you think of restoration as a young man's game, but it's changed a lot over the last 20 years. And, it, you know, a lot of young people don't want to do this, but are you seeing some, some bright hope of young people expressing interest and wanting to come into the industry?
1: I would say not in general. Um, mm, yeah.
0: And, and I, think it,
1: I think it's, you know, it's not like I, I mean, I, I lost a guy a couple, a couple months ago. And it was hard replacing him. I replaced him with a guy in his 30s, which, which again, I think that's really good. Um, and well, we've got a, we've got a young man working for us who came to us out of high school and we're working him through the program. You have to be, you know, you have to be patient. I, I was on, I was on another podcast recently and, and they asked me kind of the same question. And I said, you know, I, I think, I think we have to, we as owners or we as people in the restoration business have to rethink. Uh, how you onboard and how you bring people in. Young people want a want a job. They want a career. They, you know, they, they don't <laughs> they don't stumble in and say, Hey, I want every crappy job in this place for the next two two years until you think I'm worthy to actually hold a wrench. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're yeah. not gonna wait. They're not gonna. They're not gonna wait for that. That used to be every young man's dream, if you remember. You know, oh man, I I got to go work at John's shop. You know, he's, and what'd you do? Well, I clean the toilets and wash the floors. You know, and that's that's fine. And that was, and that's every, it seems like every mechanic's legacy these days. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if you can come up with a story and say, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this piece apart and here are the tools and you'll be under the supervision of George, say, in my shop and get to it, you know, and you watch right. them and you nurture them and you spend time with them. And you know, I think, I think the more we do that, the better it'll be. And
0: it doesn't have to be highly
1: structured. I just think it has to be a focus.
0: Right. I, I think you're right. You know, I had a great talk with Bruce Canapa a couple of weeks ago when I was down during Car Car Week, Monterey Car Week. He always has an open shop, uh, open house in his shop, which is fantastic. It's the candy land of car, old cars. I mean, it's just <laughs> magnificent. And I asked him the same thing. I said, How is it going with finding people? And he said, You know, it's, it's still a struggle. If you look around the cars that we work on, these are the best of the best of the best. And People expect the best people working on their vehicles for what it costs to- what we have to pay and so forth. And he said, I almost wish there were, you know, internships of some kind that you could bring somebody in. It's like the old days in Europe when you would have somebody come in and they'd actually live in your shop for two years. Uh, You pay the room and board, but they didn't get any pay, but they got experience. Um, It was, I wish there was something like that because then we could afford to do that and have somebody watch over them. But right now to hire somebody with, Low skills and have to have somebody babysits the wrong word, but you know what I mean? That creates a bit of a challenge. And and therein lies the, the problem, you know, I don't know, dare I say, maybe one thing that our governments need to do is support that in some way. Maybe I shouldn't go there uh, giving back student loans to people that took them out for <laughs> for degrees that didn't earn them enough to be able to pay off their debt. But at any rate, I'm glad to hear there's some hope out there. And I just had a young man on my show recently that is just graduating this May, coming May, from McPherson in automotive restoration. He'll be looking for something to do. So uh, yeah, I think there's some hope out there. So when you look back at your business in the last 10 years, there's been this evolution because I follow you. I, I love old Austin Healy's and that's what attracted me to you back when you are on the show a while ago. And now you've evolved. So in this evolution of different vehicles coming into the shop, have there been any surprises? Or has it just kind of gone, well, this is okay. We know how to do this kind of thing. Uh, we just learned some idiosyncrasies. So
1: how has it been? It's, it's, um, it's surprising. We, you, I mean, you, you need a, a base, let's call it of base staff. You know, you need some guys that know how this stuff works. You can't hire a guy out of a, out of a dealership today to come and do this work. Um, oh yeah, all guy. different world. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not and I'm not picking on dealerships. It's just, you know, you can't swap parts, and and so you know the guys I have have either learned it organically, meaning okay, I got to go put the corner on this Jaguar, you know, all, all the time. And now, we, and the first one hard, and and one of the things I do is, you know, I've got a rule that if something gets out of hand or something goes from a four hour job, rough and tough, you know, goes. Goes to six hours. Make a mark on the timesheet, and I'll discount the customer. I don't want the customer paying for our, you know, for our education. On the other hand, you know, sometimes you get stuff, and you're like, "Wow, this thing was mangled at some point, and somebody had somebody put it together incorrect. Right. You know. Um, so you know, in that way, in that way, we we've been learning as we go too how to do things properly. How things can get kind of goofy, um, but for the most part, um, you know, we I've got lots and lots of documentation. We, we, you know, we sit down and we go through parts and we got parts books and our guys tend to order their own parts or at least, you know, give give uh, Ken, our operations manager, the, the data that he needs to order the parts. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you pick it up as you go along. I mean, basically, Healy's are Healys and Jags are Jags and Alphas are almost the same through. You know from 1950 to 1985 um sure a lot of the other stuff we sit down and put our heads together um and say okay what are we going to do with this we, we get some race cars that are like oh right? yeah yeah and i recently and i recently bought a 356 that needs everything right and it was uh, it's a 63,000 mile car that was put away in 1973 oh my so gosh this will be interesting this yeah mm-hmm. and this will be interesting this for me you know this is a time capsule this is one i'm learning on so I had to roll the engine over to my over to my area, and you know little by little I'm taking it apart and seeing how things came apart, how they go back together again. I'll never be the best wrench in the shop mark, but I am still curious <laughs> <I> am still <laughs> well
0: curious. that's a good thing and yeah. I'm excited to hear you are working on German cars because I love German cars uh and I love sure. the other cars you do too, but of course Porsches are my one of my favorites and uh, it'll be interesting as you do more Porsches to hear your perspective on older Porsches how they are to work on versus older British cars or Italian cars. They all have their own little idiosyncrasies and flavors, right?
1: Yeah, yeah they do. And I, I've got, I'm fortunate, again, to have a, a mechanical guy that's worked on all of them. You know, he was an, ex, an ex BMW dealer mechanic, and uh, he's worked in, worked on, you know, racing Porsches and different, different pieces. But his dad uh, worked at a, you know, British car shop when he was a young man and, and he's he's got this stuff down and you know nowadays he's in his 50s so he's not so old but i'm worried about him you know yeah going home <laughs> one night not coming back
0: <laughs> right right exactly when you think about your business i want to ask about the business side of your business because this is one of the things that comes up especially with younger people who go into a business around their passion they love to work on cars but there's this other element they have to focus on uh cash flow insurance, payroll, parts, rent, uh, taxes, all these things. How have you managed that? Because obviously, if you've survived 10 years, you've figured out how to manage all those business aspects and play into it. Have you done the same as you have with some of your mechanics? Have you hired the right tax accountants or attorneys or whomever to help you? Or did you dive in head first and just learn about all this so that you could do it and do it with as little pain as possible, I guess I should say?
1: Well- I, I, yeah, I guess the answer—the answer is yes. Fortunately, unless unless you dive into my website, you wouldn't. I mean, another most people don't know about me, but I, I ran a seventy-five million-dollar multinational business. Okay, well that, I, that experience helps. <laughs> yeah, so I look at this and um, I go, "Oh, you know, I know what that is, and I know how you know." And I I took you know accounting for non-financial managers, and I you know I, I was a general manager and had my own controller and. You know, but now I've got Kathy, who I call my, you know, my chief financial officer, and she keeps the books. And the way I set the business up was as simply as possible, as simply as possible. And, you know, we, we do our, we do QuickBooks in the cloud. Um, I have a fairly simple yet, I think, you know, effective uh, billing procedure. I, I don't. Uh, the guys still draw, you know, write out their, uh, their timesheets at the end of the day. And, as, and at the end of the month, we send them to a woman who types them out and we cut and paste them in the QuickBooks. That's all. Mm-hmm. Simple. Um, I've seen guys who've overcomplicated that process. And it just, it just makes life too hard. And, and this is generally a simple business. And, and I think for, for people coming into it, I, 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 you had asked that on one of your questionnaires, you know, at some point, you said, uh, you know, some, some, Focus, or you know, what's what's a good you know a good advice? And 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 one of the things that I heard years ago, and I always go back to Mark is, is um, a business is a cash generating machine. You know, every time someone starts starts to talk to me about, oh, I love this, I love what you do, I love what you do this, and you know, this is beautiful, and it's really a art and it's hobby and it's like a hobby, and it's, you know, you nope, <laughs> this business is a cash generating machine. That's it. If I if I treat it like that, I may love my business, and I do. I love my guys, and I think this is a great way to you know end my business career for the most part. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I never forget the fact that it's a cash generating machine. If I have a very thin month, it bothers, me. it really bothers. Me. So um, that means you know that means my my <laughs> that means I'm not tuned up right, and, and that does happen. And I and I can but I, I I keep my books in a way. This goes back to my my old days. I keep my books in a way where I can put my finger on it all the time, quite quite easily as to what
0: happened. Yeah, well, there's the there's the key as you just said. Simplify it. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel. This has been done before. Uh, make it easy. Absolutely. And the other thing yep. I've heard from so many guests is create a business that can operate without you because at that, that means at some point when you're done or ready to move on, you can sell it and it has value to somebody else. It isn't wrapped around you being able to sit in the driver's seat and drive the thing all the time. And that's another hard thing for people t- to figure out how to do, right? Well, it is,
1: and I think as an ex-sales guy, I mean, I started out my career, you know, carrying a bag and eating what I killed to make a living. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, you know, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, yes. it's, it's you know that's it was I'm a commissioned guy. I mean, that's so I've always kind of made my, you know, paid the mortgage, and I, I think, you know, I think based on that, um, I, I, I've never, I've never been one to like you know sit and watch the watch the clock and watch the the company run, and I, I and and part of our success is that I have been able to go out and meet people. I mean, I, I'm pretty active in the car hobby. Um, I've, yep. I've met a lot of people. I, I try to attend a lot of events. Um, and, and sometimes <laughs> this is where it's nice. Sometimes it's for fun. And then an hour later, I'm talking to some guy about doing his, you know, 911, or I'm talking to some guy who's got three Porsches. And so, you know, with that in mind, I, I've kind of set the business up so that it, it operates that way. I have a, I have a I have a terrific foreman. Um he's our operations guy. He and I talk daily even if I'm not there. See, I'm I'm 75 miles from the shop. That's how far I live away. Wow. So it forced me <laughs> it forced me <laughs> yeah. to uh you know not have to be there to open the doors in the morning. Yes.
0: Well, that's know? smart. And, that's uh, that's a good move, I think. And especially that part of the country you live in, you guys do get a winter that could keep you from being able to get into exactly. the work on time. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this is great. Uh, again, I've said it before, I'm real proud of what you've built here. We'll take a short break. Thanks, some sponsors here. We come back. I want to talk about maybe one of the biggest challenges you've had in these past 10 years. So, we'll keep that in mind and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage, it's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYA yeah, when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through Workforce Development Initiatives, For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about this challenge question. No doubt in the last 10 years, you've encountered a few challenges, maybe a lot, uh, maybe even a big failure or two. But more importantly, what was the valuable learning lesson that allowed you to move forward in a positive way? So maybe walk us through one big challenge that you've encountered that kind of might bring up some uh, bad memories. But in hindsight, was a really valuable learning time.
1: Wow. Uh, You know, I, I hate to say this. I really haven't had anything devastating. I think, I, I caught, well, a couple of times. I, I lost a couple of key people over the years, and and two of them I got back. They went out into the world and said, you know, and and I, and, and listen, you know, they they did it for all the right reasons, and I encouraged them to do it. But at, at the end of the day, they wanted to come back, and I, I opened my arms. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to be that guy. And yeah. they're back, and you know, I love working with. Them. You know, that was hard though because it it puts an immediate hole. In your objectives for that day, week, month, and year, and and you know, both both operationally and financially, and that was that was hard. That was hard. And and two of them came back again. I lost another one a couple months ago, and I, I loved that guy. I mean, he was a great guy, and he's been working. He's been working for us for a little over almost four years, and he was good. And he came in with very little talent too. Um, except he wanted to try stuff, and I gave him the opportunity to do it. He turned out to be really, really good. And he didn't quit the business because it was hard. Or he—he he actually had he went into you know horses. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> okay, God loves you. <laughs> From horsepower you know, to love, horses. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm like, oh man, come on! Now we replaced them just recently within the last couple of weeks, and now our, our now our challenge is to get that guy into the same you know Up into the speed. same mold. But you know, it's it's just like Bruce said, it's people. You know, right. you, yeah. you, gotta you know, you guys people.
0: You know, you and I are active on social media, and uh, when you see people griping on social media about their jobs, um, and this is kind of a cliche, it's never the job they're griping about, it's the people they have to work with. It's their boss, their district managers, uh, somebody that the company is put up with and won't get rid of, and you've got to live with that person every day, uh, It's it's always goes back to that. But, you know, I'm a, a big supporter of RPM Foundation and TechForce Foundation. Those are two great organizations that hopefully you know of, but if you don't, you can reach out to them, and they're part of trying to bring people into this workforce, even people that are changing careers later in life, which you did, and uh, finding a role for them. So uh, those might be two good references for you. I do work with RPM Foundation very closely.
1: Um, Diane Fitzgerald and I are, are personally
0: close. Oh, great!
1: Yep. and, through, and, and we and we became close through tech, through RPM. And then I've been attempting to. And, well, I don't want to say attempting, but I have supported TechForce here, um, here in, in the Midwest. I everybody knows I'm an easy touch. So <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and I well and I'm a big I'm a big supporter of that, Mark. I, I really believe. That you know me giving in you know me giving back to the to, to the community also includes trying to work with r p m and tech force uh tech force is a little more you know focused on the let's call it the you know current era and dealer work, but I've spoken to their guys you know they they've asked me to come in and give presentations on uh you know what's what's going on with the uh what's going on in the uh, uh restoration business, why is it different than what they're doing today and then you know, I, I I went out to a local high school not too long ago, set up through Nick Ellis at uh, RPM Foundation. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, Nick set cool. up. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and again, Nick and I are pretty close. We, we probably talk at least every month or two, and and we talked. You know, he, he he invited me to get myself involved with a local high school that's got a shop class, and I came in and brought one of my Heelys, one of my newest cars. I drove it over from my house, which wasn't too far. Nice, and uh, you know, we spent the afternoon chit chatting and it was, it was really fun. It was nice. I like doing that. I think it's a positive thing. I really do. I wish more people would do it, you know, but. Well, that's I, why I'm, I'm trying try. to get and the I, word I out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you're, you know, your support of it and my support of it. And, you know, we just try to keep doing more and more and more. And I think it's, I, you know, I, I think
0: it helps grow the effort. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always like to ask my guests about a special vehicle story. You talked about one last time you were on the show. So I want to do something a little different with you. Uh, And this may be like asking you who your favorite child is. Is there a vehicle that you've restored maybe of late? And I know you've restored and you can go on your website and see some of the magnificent restorations. But is there one vehicle that maybe just today, you don't have to call it your favorite, but just talk about today that really stands out that you guys worked on and restored that went out to and went on to win an award?
1: Well, um probably the well, we we released one last year and it's my car, but it's a, it's a car that had been in the shop before. And it's a uh, it's a it's a hundred um BN one with like an atlemont package on it. And it's, some people have seen it, I guess. It's uh black with a red cove on it and yes. it's made to a very, very very um, uh special M spec. Um everything is on there, it's on there properly, it's a it's a Concord build. Um and it, but I kinda did it the way I wanted to do on a few things. It, but it's it's you know, I put disc brakes on the front so I could actually drive it. Um so I it's not, you know, as it came off the factory floor, but boy, what a terrific car. And last year actually this weekend is the um Chicagoland area uh British Car Festival. And um out of like three hundred and fifty cars it took best to show. So I was uh, wow. I was pretty proud of it last year. I was pretty proud of it. They're pretty, was, what are you gonna do now? I'm gonna go drive it. I already wanted something, you
0: know? <laughs> that that begs begs a question for you because I've been having more and more guests on the show that are doing, I'll call it mod, but I think you know where I'm going with this. Resto mod used to be, in my mind, something a little different. What's happened now is people that want these old cars, but when they get in and want to drive it, like you said, you put disc brakes on the front so you could actually drive it. They drive an old car and they go, this isn't much fun. So there are people doing these, well, I'll call it outlaw, if you talk about like, Rod Emery or John Wilhoyt. Uh, Singer's an extreme example, but I've had plenty of others on the show, people doing Broncos and all sorts of cars. They're taking old cars and they're making drivable. They're putting better power plants in them, things like that, but they still look period correct. Have you done anything like that with some of your jobs?
1: Well, even my even my cars, um, I've got a, a BG 8, uh, Austin Healy, a white one with a blue cove on it. Um, if somebody goes on the website and you know, it has got a Toyota transmission in it. has got a uh-huh. transmission in it. And everyone why'd you do that? I said, because these overdrives are just starting to get too expensive to fix. And I got to tell you, the gear ratios on this Toyota over, on this Toyota five speed are, are, are delicious. They're perfect. They, yeah. they, they, they transform the car. And the car's got a brand new chassis on it. And it has, and it's really, and it has a leather interior and it's so comfortable to drive. And, and, you know, it just makes it a nicer car. You know the the BN one that I finished last year that won Best of Show. It really comes down to it. well, I will tell you what, there's almost a safety measure in here, Mark. Um, I'm always amazed which cars I I tend to lean to if I have to go a distance, and, and it usually isn't my my uh, little British cars or my Alpha. Um, it's usually something with a little bit longer legs because the speed limits. I mean, if you're not doing 85 miles an hour down the <laughs> Illinois 12, you get run over. Get you're going to get crushed. And, and so I, I try to do what I can to kind of loosen them up a little bit and get them to stop and go a little bit. You know more briskly, but you know even you know any minivan is going is is hustling down you know these forty five mile an hour roads at sixty miles an hour for guys. Right. So right. You know you, you see a guy in an MGTD and you go holy oh, God, yeah, holy, yeah, cow. yeah, good it luck. Better, <laughs> it better be Saturday, it, Yeah, it better be Sunday morning, right?
0: <laughs> well, I think you're right. I'll tell you, I just had Dave Majors, who's the CEO of Meacham Auctions, on my show, yep. and we talked about this. And he said, you know, back in the day, he said, I remember Meacham the first time we did a. Are we sold a Corvette Resto mod and everybody raised their eyes? We got all these negative. This was years ago. Negative comments. How blasphemy. How could you do that to an old 50s era Corvette? That's just terrible. But he said the same thing. He said, now these cars that you and I are talking about. Are getting great money if they're done well because us more mature guys—I won't call you and I old—but us more mature guys, we want to be able to get a car and feel safe, uh, have the power to keep up, uh, have fun. The thing will stop, it'll go, it'll turn, and still make a smile and have that old vintage feel. So uh, I'm I'm happy to hear that some of that is happening with your shop as well. Because the worst thing for these old cars is for them to sit and not be driven because they just don't feel safe.
1: Sure, and, and 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 you know aluminum radiators. I put them in almost. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, look, you put the radiator in. Oh, it's not original. You know what? Very little is. But you know, when you get tired of like seeing the red lights in front of you, you know, all these tail lights going. Oh God, traffic stop. I'm going to overheat. Who right. wants to do that? Right. I, we're, I'm getting too old. As you said, I'm getting too old for that. I'm like, no, no, right. no, no, no. I want I want this thing to, like, not overheat. I want it to run at 187 degrees every day, all day. And that can be done. That can yep. be done. And, yeah. and it doesn't ruin the car. It doesn't ruin the car. But as you said, it has to be done tastefully. I think, to me, you mm-hmm. know, it has to look like it kind of look like it belongs. I think there's things you can do that, you know, that, that make it that way. But, holy cow, they're, they're just so much more fun to drive wow. when you're yeah. not worried about
0: everything. I tell you, when I drove one of Rod's speedsters, his outlaw speedsters, and the same day I drove a basically outlawed John Wilhoy 356 Coupe, an A, that had, he would put a 2.2 liter, one of his special motors and uh, Porsche 911 suspension. And I looked at both those guys and I said, you know, I've always wanted a 356. I don't want one anymore because right. this is too yeah. fun. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just, Evolution. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. So I didn't ask you this question before. I'm going to be your car psychologist. I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit. Uh, if you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, what would John be? But more importantly, why? Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd probably be a, a, I'd still be, I think it's the last time you asked me a question, someone like this, this is one of my favorite cars, and it would, I'd still be an Aston Martin Zagato. I, okay. I just love those cars. It, I, I just think they're, at the time, they were the pinnacle of uh, both styling and technology. And, you know, I thought they were neat cars. Now, having said that, I would probably add air conditioning, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd make sure that the brakes were good and that I could drive it around without again i am not so worried about bashing into anybody as much as just having a miserable day you know um you know again i'm 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 sixty five you know, a very young sprite you know <laughs> act sixty five i gotta go. tell you sit, sitting in a- i have a three fifty six c this one I'm, I'm i'm what we're working on now and I, i'm looking at it going Oh, man, I don't know when I'm going to drive this thing, but, I, you know, I got to figure out something for air, you know. So I don't care right. if I got to have a bucket of ice, you know. But <laughs> the days of me, well, the days of us sitting in the cars with our shirts off, sweating and laughing and, you know, yeah, you know it's stopping no at 7-Eleven for Slurpees, it's not fun. It's no, not. Fun. My wife no. won't go with me anymore. Well, you know? there's
0: there's a, uh, I've had the owner of Vintage Air on my show, and maybe they can set you up with a system. Uh, I've, I've that, used them. I've, yeah. I've used their stuff.
1: Great it's company. Good, good stuff. I, I just. I just did two GTAs with air conditioning and two other GTAs. And, and yeah. you know, there's no there's no pride here. I'm like, here, let's figure out a cool well, way to do Well, and you snowfall. do
0: live where it gets a little warm uh, and a lot cold. So, uh, yeah, those yep. extremes are no yep. fun at all. So is there a, a great a book that you've read of late that you could share with our listeners?
1: Wow. Well, I, I I supported our our friend uh, Bert Levy's last endeavor. Um, yeah, got a, I've got a couple of his preview editions of his last his last book sitting here on my coffee table. Um, you know, I mean, Bert always puts out good books. You would ask something, you know, something about a book to, um, uh, you know, the the book three of the two hundred mile per hour steamer. Um, I'm 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 one of uh, he. Bert caught me at a, a swap meet, and I was writing a check for two hundred bucks before I knew what happened. And, and, uh, but <laughs> He's I, good at name, that, isn't my he? In the, <laughs> I know, and my my name's in the book somewhere. Somewhere. Wow. But um, yeah, I I you know I wrote that down. I said you know, it's it's kind sort of a vintage racing thing. I said you know if you if you look at Bert's books, um, one thing I, I like about Bert stuff, and and and. Uh, it, 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 if you're really interested in how the, what the you know, how the SCCA came to be and what the legacy of of current vintage racing and why why some of us old guys get so excited about it, read Bert's book. Yeah. I mean, you know, start start on his stuff. You know, the last open road. You know, yep. and and you know, if you're a younger guy, it's not, you know, Buddy Palumbo is not a. It would be a fun character to to read about, but.
0: Do people read anymore? I'm not. I'm not sure Mark. Well, not, I hope so. Ashamed. That's why I try to promote them here on Cars. Yeah. So, great. I know. Bert's no, great. Thank you very I much. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, before I let you go today, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. You may have partially answered this before. I'm going to. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. Park it in your garage. You can take it for a drive, and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's passed. Uh, what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Well,
1: I, since you do follow me on social media, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a lesson recently and um I I, I posted some pictures. There's a there was a, a, a gentleman that uh, was my uncle Pat. Pat Murphy. And Pat Pat I posted some pictures in his younger days and around nineteen sixty he was a he was a model and he had some, some pictures and I posted some of those and he just looked like a fun guy and he was. He was in his eighties when he passed away recently and, and you know, it was quick and it was dignified, and things happen. I get that, but he and I, always we would always talk about, like, taking a trip together, okay? Nice. And he was just one of those interesting guys, and, you know, aunts and uncles, and there's people that we know that know family history that we think we understand, and they actually lived it so they know better. And we had talked about taking a drive for years, and, and uh, you know, when he got sick, I went, wait a minute, come on, no, 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 no that now. You can't do that. Right. We were, we were going to take a trip to Arizona. We were going to do Route 66, and you know, and and we never got to. And and I guess I guess the things we talk about would just simply be family and getting to know another person as close to you. But um, you know, I I think we do, we don't. even and and you and I are just as probably um, uh, guilty of it. We don't just go, hey, I'm out of here. Where are you going? I'm going to jump in this car and I'm going to go go somewhere with somebody. You know what I mean? And I don't think we. I don't. I just don't think we take those drives. I think that a lot of A lot of people envision that, but they don't do it. And I'm just as, again, I'm just as guilty of it.
0: And, you know, your lesson here is just go do it and uh, don't, you know, if anything yeah. COVID has done is taught us about mortality and uh, the, the lesson you've learned here with your uh, God bless your uncle Pat uh, may you rest in peace is uh, you got to take the time to do these things because we may not have them in the future, but that's the valuable lesson with this question for you is uh, yeah, go take your uncle Pat for a drive. Uh, even if it's around the block, Yeah, just go do it. Right.
1: That's why we do this. I mean, that's why we like these cars. Go drive them. Get, get other people. and And, you know, share our, share the phone. He
0: well, that's a good uh, a good lead into our parting thought here, and that is uh, words of wisdom. Uh, would yours be just get out and drive?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I'll probably do that later. I just want to, go to the upholstery shop yet today, but <laughs> um, I, I still have work to do. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I would tell you, Mark. I said one of the things I, I did put down was that for anybody that wants to either do things. Or, or get involved in this hobby, you know, either to make money or to, you know, uh, maybe make a little money or to, like, retire doing things involved. I, I, and, and the kids, too. I tell them this, too, is build a brand. You know, forever, you know, you Sacamino will probably be sporting specialty now. Um, you know, Mark Green is, is Cars Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? trying to get it. Um, and, and, and I said, right, and we both, you know, cultivated – Cultivated a brand, and, and I tell I tell the young guys, even the young guys in you know um, my shop. I go, look, I can't to see you a job for life, but you've done some cool work here. You know, cultivate your brand. Be be Ryan Vetter, the best fabricator on the planet. Be Ryan Vetter, who knows healy and Jaguar bodies better than anybody in the United States. Be that guy, right? You know, and and what can I and what can I do to help you be that guy?
0: Great advice, and it's,
1: you know that's. Yeah, that's the kind of advice I try to give, like, the RPM people. Uh, Nick calls me occasionally and says, hey, would you talk to so-and-so? And he and I have talked to some of these kids in and out of businesses because it just wasn't right for them, and they couldn't build a brand. And I, I, I and, and it made sense once we did it. But I, I would tell you that's my one word of <laughs> word of wisdom from one guy who's built a brand to another guy who's built a couple of brands. So.
0: Yeah, great advice. It's really, really important. How do people learn more about sport and specialty?
1: Well, all you have to do is go to Google and put in Sport and Specialty, S-P-O-R-T-A-N-D Specialty, um, and or go to www.sportandspecialty, A-N-D and it'll come up, and if you want to give me a call, uh my cell phone number is down at the bottom of the page. Uh you can go through there and yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff going on. I we're not I mean, we're not that big, Mark, you know, where people can't call me and I, I actually I might not answer, but I will call I will man. um try to get back to <laughs> Yeah, I will try to get back to anybody who's interested in talking to me.
0: Well it's been great. I'm, again, so proud of what you've built. The fact that you're still here, you're doing it. I love following you on social media. You listeners, uh, check out Sport & Specialty. Follow John on social media because you can see all the very cool stuff. And he does post a lot, so you can see these cars. Uh, he's offered you some great advice today on how to build a business and be successful. John, hey, thanks for stopping in again here at Cars. Yeah, and sharing your expertise and your time. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time you offered me, and uh, we should we, we should do this less than five
0: years from now. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.